Hello, podcast listener. The App Guy podcast. Every Sunday and Thursdays. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Okay, welcome to the episode. My name is Paul Kemp. I'm your host. And today, I am thoroughly and thrilled to be joined by Zachariah Newman. You can head over to ZachariahNewman.com and check out Zachariah's page. And he also writes about restoring significance to your life, and that's something that I think resonates very much with me. So, Zachariah, thank you for joining the App Guy podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me on, Paul. No, we're thrilled, and I would love to start this off just by hearing a little bit about you know yourself and uh, your business. Tell us a bit about your business. Yeah, so um, I live in Oregon, in the United States, in Southern Oregon, actually, and I've owned two Figaro's Pizza franchisees. In June, it will be 10 years. I've also married my high school sweetheart, and it'll be 10 years of marriage in June as well. And we have three kids, and they're five, three, and the youngest just turned one year old. And so, um, yeah, a little bit about my businesses. I have Figaro's Pizza franchises. Um, We own two of them. And I also, like you said, I, I write um, at Zechariah Newman, and I wrote my first book, actually, Dreams That Last, and it's all about you know priorities and keeping your family um, in line, in the right place, and not putting our dreams or our app development above them, which sometimes we all get into projects and that happens. And then I also speak monthly at my local church. You know, let's, let's drill down straight to the, the best part of what I think we can talk about, which is dreams that last. And many of us in the app world do choose to be app developers because we have the ability to work virtually. Um, for instance, I'm working virtually. I'm calling you from Dubai, and it's by choice. We also have the ability to uh, be around our family. I've got two kids. Um, I, there's no way I'm going to have another one, but uh, and to catch up with you. <laughs> but we we do these things because you know we we want uh, our dream, or uh, certainly my dream as an app developer, is to be close to my kids and be part of their their life. You know, maybe the generation above us weren't so um, you know close because they had nine to five jobs. And let's talk about that. How, how do we really focus in on? Um, you know, attaining that family lifestyle? You know, I think it's remembering what we first started um, doing the app development or doing what I do, what we first started that dream. Um, a lot of times along the way, the the dream almost becomes a god. I don't know if that makes sense, but that it kind of morphs 
over time if we're not careful, if we don't reset those boundaries. And for me, I'm an all or nothing guy. And I think that's a lot of the times with entrepreneurs, um, which if you're developing apps, you're, you're definitely very entrepreneurial. And it's, um, it's a blessing and a curse. The blessing is we have the ability to be extremely focused. The curse of that is if we're focused on the wrong thing, it can spiral down pretty quickly. And so for me, um, I get so into helping um, people that my wife has to remind me what comes first. You know, we just had a discussion actually this last weekend about resetting my resetting my boundaries um, and keeping them first and not when all of a sudden it comes to my family uh, being so exhausted from the week that I don't have anything left to give them. And unfortunately that happens sometimes. And if, um, yeah, it's, it's a really proactive stance that's ever evolving, honestly. Um, and, you know, I'm sure your schedule is the same way is that it, there's, there's nothing that's the same. I mean, yes, we have some mundane things that we have to do, but it's always changing. So it always requires an active participant and an intentionality of keeping those, the family in its proper place. Yeah, and also I feel that we have to get buy-in from our partners as well. And my wife, you know, I don't want her to look at, you know, what I'm doing as, as something that she starts to hate because it's taking me away and, and, and I'm getting all wrapped up in, in work and, and not enough play. And so how do we distinguish uh, between, you know, that work and then the family work life? and play? You know, ideally, uh, Paul, I, th- I think that we, sh- we shouldn't be able to tell the difference. I don't know if that makes sense, but that they bleed into each other. I, you know, honestly, I couldn't do my dream without my wife. Um, I didn't share this on the other podcast. I have on a couple others. I am a terrible I, – I have good ideas, right, for my writing, but my punctuation and spelling is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. There's no way I could have written uh, good write without my wife. My wife happens to be a special ed teacher. So, uh, well, she's a stay-at-home mom now, but she was a special ed teacher. And so um, thank goodness for that because I couldn't pursue my dream without my wife. We actually do it together. So I write, I write what I'm going to write, and then she goes through and she corrects it. I'm also the... Um, I'm, a, I'm the free spirit, I guess you could say, in the household. Uh, I have an idea. I want to go do it now. My wife's the nerd. You know, she has this very methodical plan, right? <laughs> and so uh, it's a great balance. It can be great harmony when we communicate with each other. But, you know, as far as um, how do we separate the difference, uh, again, I'm going to re- just repeat the intentionality of it. I have certain time slots for my family uh, because for me with the pizza restaurants uh, that actually consumes my a lot of my time um, because with restaurants it's kind of like not like most businesses it is very hands-on and some you can kind of guide and direct and you can push and shove well in service industry things you have to be there when when the business is there so for like pizza um, that's celebration times so when there's celebration things. So I think it's involving them, Paul, for to an ex- as much as you can. Um, my family actually surprised me yesterday um, at one of our restaurants and brought me lunch. And my three- and five-year-old got on stepladders and helped me roll dough. So I think any time we can integrate, whether it's our kids or our, our spouses in what we are doing, oh, I'm all for that. I think that's huge because it creates a family dream. 
not a personal selfish one, which unfortunately I think we all can have happen. Yes, and I, uh, similar to you, I like to involve my kids in my app development journey. And one of the things I did recently was that I let them play around with my apps and they, they kind of gave me some guidance on the, you know, the things that, the, um, the navigation and uh, they, they, when they started laughing their heads off at one of the apps, uh, I thought, yeah, that's pretty good. Right. <laughs> at least I got the buy-in from one uh, app user. You know? And they're brutally honest, those kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not saying get your kids to run your business, yeah, right. but certainly it sounds like, Zachariah, that you're getting your kids to come along to see you at work and, and see you as part of that business as well. So are there any, before, I'd love, I really want to talk about your pizza uh, franchise as well, and, and, and maybe we could talk about uh, that because it may lead to some disruptive ideas that we can think about that apps would solve. But before we move away from the topic of uh, family, are there any other big takeaways from the book Dreams That Last that you, you want to share with us? Dreams That Last. Um, it would probably be the why section. I think that's a lot of what um, what we skip a lot of times on the way. We get excited about something. And like you said, with part of the apps, it was it's, it's freedom you know, to be able to be with the family, but it's the greater why behind it all. And so, um, for me, that's to restore. I love to restore whatever I'm doing. Um, and so, you know, I have chickens in the backyard in my garden and so, and trying to till the soil and make it fertile. It's, you know, when I speak, trying to restore someone to the rightful place and know that they have a place in this world. I think a lot of times people forget their individualistic, um, that we're all individuals, yet we are all supposed to work together. And I need you, Paul, just as much as you need me. And it, a lot of times that gets lost in the shuffle because we, we um, for some reason, forget the significance of ourselves, but we see someone else as being greater. And we're not. We're just different. And so um, it's the why behind it all because it makes decisions so much more clear. Um, of honestly what apps to develop what apps not to because if it's all about the money whether I'm a pizza restaurant or no matter what I'm doing uh, that's all vanity and that all can go in a second but if there's this greater why behind what I'm doing that's what lasts it was the emails from this last week um, that I got that lasts you know I talked with people in England and Italy and South Africa I guess Dubai also, <laughs> and also right, yeah, add that to your right? list, yeah. Um, and and you know, talking with them, I talked to a gentleman that was about to lose his house, you know, and I don't know him. He lives in England, uh, but we talked about that. And hey, what do you think I should do here? And it took two seconds of my time, but it made him feel like there was hope on the other side. So. I know I'm rambling there, but it's the why. But no, so people are approaching you then from around the world, seeking just someone to talk to your counsel. Yes, yes, very. Well, that, that's great, and and you're doing this to give back and with no other intentions than just to help people in the world. Yeah, it's a combo thing. I think with whatever we do, you know, money has this weird representation, which really all it is is, hey, I appreciate what you did. Um, sometimes I think people get all screwed up. It's really just a, um, I appreciate that. 
you know, if it's an app and someone's buying the app, they're not going to buy something that doesn't help them, right? So there's the combo. Yes, I got a book for sale, um, but I went back and forth with this gentleman. I actually told him, don't buy the book. You're about to lose your house. I don't want your money. Here you go. Here's this. Here's this. Read this. This is enough resources. Come back to me with questions. So um, it's a combo. Yeah, I'm making money, but I'm not seeking uh, in fact, everyone that emailed me, I didn't make anything off of it. It just, I was just answering questions because at the end of the day, I just want to help. Um, yes, I hope that it help, helps my living in the process, um, but I'm not. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's an important part to yes. this as well. And I, it's something I've only just been really uh, focused on myself, which is the giving back part. Now, when I started this entrepreneurial journey many years ago for me, uh, I actually w- wasn't in this mindset. It took me a while to adjust from a working mindset, a salary mindset to an entrepreneur mindset. And I certainly didn't have this giving back. And this giving back, someone once said to me, when you give back, you feel that in your in your own life, you're more fulfilled because you have so much and then you're actually giving to others. And, it, it, and instead of having a void in your life about what do I need to get next? What am I missing? You're giving to others without any... Uh, ex- expectation of return and, and it does change your mindset it makes you feel better about yourself and then I'm you know I, I guess things are happening to me as a result of that and I, I do believe that that's that's it's probably a belief or almost a religion of you've got to follow this this course but it sounds like that's your same you have those same values oh, for sure I think that's the biggest part of significance I mean if we don't get our, off of our own wants and desires uh we're going to be miserable. I mean, I was an economics major in college. The first principle they tell you is we have endless wants and desires. They're never going to go away. Well, the quickest way to get off of that is to get into someone else's shoes. I mean, how can I complain about my life when someone just emailed me about about ready to lose their flat uh, and they have a child about be, be born and they're scared? Heaven forbid, all of a sudden I look at my wife a little differently. My you know my jobs that because we all get tired uh, all of a sudden you look at that differently getting off of your own problem and helping someone out like you said with no strings attached but I truly believe I mean this should not be the motivation at all because it ruins it completely and people can feel it but when you help people with no agendas attached I fully believe it comes back tenfold and it may not come back any at that individual at all it come, come back from a completely other direction but I fully believe that it does come back and also i i believe that as well when you get involved in the app world you go through all these forums you see people helping others newbies helping uh, experts helping newbies and there, there really is a community feel uh, and, and all these these forums these because we all have these technical challenges in, in what we do and you know we need solutions we need answers and it's the it's the kindness of others to go on and spend their time answering questions without any expectation of return that helps us in our world and it sounds like it's something that you're you know you're talking about there so let's now move on then um we've we've all let's assume we've all got now a purpose driven life and what we want to do is talk about your pizza uh, chain the franchise that you're running and I thought it'd be useful to start that by talking about the real pain points you're having in your your uh, business because we build apps to 
find solutions to those pain points and maybe there's something that can come out that would that would could be so so let's talk about yeah what you know that what's your big pain points in your business right now you you're running to, to tell us about your business and the, the pain points yeah so it was kind of what i was mentioning earlier that when customers are there i have to be there well, I have multiple locations. Unless I come up, unless you can clone me, oh, <laughs> I can't. Right? Right, yeah. No, we can't <laughs> do that yet. Um, actually, the world doesn't need two of me. Um, the but honestly, because I, I was given this thought today, and we have an integrated uh, it's Speedline, it's POS point of sale systems. Um, they track all sorts of cool stuff. Our labor stats. I can put what amount of money I was expecting you to spend, um, how much we were spending that hour, what sales are coming in, our delivery times. And when you get on a computer, I can go and look at each store. But as far as a mobile app where I can just glance at my phone and it be simple, quick, and clean of being able to look at the sales, what I expected to come in, what I actually did, and who needs to go home and who's on and who's off, there's nothing that I've found yet that I like um, that integrates that. So that's the biggest pain point to me, honestly, is um, I have 30 employees, two locations, and trying to go, hey, trying to stay on top of it um, to cut people when they need to be cut and add people when they needed to be add is probably the largest pain. I mean, the largest pain point in any company like that is, um, and the biggest freedom at the same time is the staff and being able to have your hands on it. So anyone listening to this, uh, we do have a lot of app developers listening to this. If, if you do have an idea, I encourage you to reach out to Zachariah because he's he's now explaining that you know he needs this app to, to fulfill this, um, this I guess, uh, problem that he's having with. Because, you know, um, smartphones have become our primary computing device pretty much. Uh, I was walking around the other day recording um, another podcast on my iPhone and it just gives us enormous freedoms and and so we expect to have these apps and when we have these apps that solve these pain points it's fantastic because you can you can do that in your normal course of, of life and you don't have to you know be physically in a in a, uh, a room with a, a laptop so um, yeah it does sound like there's a potential for an app there an app idea uh, what what um what other things then are you are you got any customers coming to you uh do you use any apps for attracting leads attracting leads no i mean for, just the social networking um as far as leads go um but no cuz we have a franchise system i mean so it's really basic coupon paper advertising so no i don't believe yeah, so yeah that's that that is going to change i, I think that's totally um, People carrying uh, paper coupons seems so old-fashioned now. The, th- the fact that, first of all, you're reading anything that has paper, uh, is, and then having to cut out a coupon, and then having to carry that coupon around. Uh, we have in Dubai, um, uh, for years I've been coming over here, and they have these books that are um, enormously thick. If you, have an, if you know the white pages or the yellow pages, they're like almost twice the size of that. And they're full of coupons. And we used to carry these things around. And they've now launched on the iPhone. And it's exploded over here because it's on the iPhone. And you have all that, those coupons in one place. So it sounds like there's potential for some kind of coupon yeah, the, app. Yeah, the only app that um, 
we use as far as coupon is Foursquare, uh, where you check in and you can get coupons that way. But that's it. Yeah, Foursquare is good for that. I've although I've been using it for years, and outside the U.S., we don't get that many specials. And I came across a restaurant the other day that did have a special for Foursquare. But they said they couldn't accept it with my other voucher, so I never even got to use it then. <laughs> and so, um, I, I yeah, it's probably good to get on there, but I do feel that there's probably a, a gap in the market for a really good coupons. App, I agree with that. Uh, that can that can solve that problem. Uh, yeah, what's it like running a franchise? Do you? I mean, do you get all the guidance from uh, a top-down mechanism? What's it like running a, a, a um, you know an established business and an established brand? Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, um, my franchise is it's a smaller one. It's under a hundred hundred, but it is international. There's actually seven, I think, in Dubai, um, which is odd. That that's where you come from, because um, there's not too many. Yeah, I'm going to go and check them hey, out. Yeah, Figaro's Pizza. Yeah, it's way different over there. I think they have hot dogs on the pizza, stuff like that. I don't know, oh. <laughs> but I'll report back to you, Zachariah. I'll go and check one out and uh, report. Yeah. Back. Um, <laughs> as far as running a franchise, um, it, there's positives and negatives, and I don't think when people buy, including myself, in the beginning, it's not fully thought out. Um, positives: they have recipes all ready to go. They have certain structures. Obviously, the negative is. Uh, I'm paying a certain percentage of all my sales coming in back to them. And then as far as support down the line, there is some, but there's not. Um, it's not really it, – it's really my business. Um, I could reach out to them, um, but um, as far as someone experienced in running the day-to-day operations, that's not something that you really get hands-on. So um, the writing and speaking actually came out of being a franchisee because – a true entrepreneur gets uh, bored, <laughs> and I can't just right. I can't just create recipes that I want. It has to be approved. I couldn't start using a coupon app. I have to get it approved. Um, you really don't have um, free reign. Now you can get away with stuff if you want to skirt the edges and try to hide it, but that's just not the personality type I am. Um, <laughs> That's, that takes too much time and energy to try to to be fake or try to hide something. So, um, yeah. So that your creative side oh, it, has led it, you it to killed. to do yeah. the, the writing. And yes. That, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So this is really interesting because I I really can't think of a franchise model in the app world, and I do believe that there is potential opportunity there to have like the benefits you get with franchising but in in our world the app world and because i'm assuming that you do make an upfront investment in money to have a franchise but then you get this uh, ready established brand you get all the uh, recipes and the the mechanisms i guess they give you the uh, yeah, to help and, us understand this because i'd love to understand the franchise model yeah, here, so and then i'm trying to apply it to the app sure, world sure you get the model um, you know, franchises that are really adept, and ours was able to do this with us when we added the second location. Uh, they have so many financial models and know their demographics so well that they really pinpointed exactly how much I could make out of my second location per month. Um, they were within uh, four thousand dollars, and when you're running 
a lot of money through like restaurants do uh, because it's a low margin business. Um, to get that close on our sales month to month is just amazing to me. I mean, that in and of itself is almost worth it for that franchise for me uh, that I'm before I even open my doors, I know exactly how many sales I'm co- are going to come in um, if I run an average location is pretty phenomenal. Um, so yeah, they, they have relationships with insurance, um, for pizza, you know, that we, they have, um, we pool our money. We actually, the owner that owns our uh, franchise actually owns two other pizza franchises. And so we pool all of our stores together to get lower costs on goods. Um, so that's a major advantage. In fact, they've shown us the figures that it probably outweighs, um, the, the cost percentage that we have to kick back to them and the amount of food savings since we're uh, between all the different franchises it ends up being I think over 200 and something stores that we're pooling our money together to get foods honestly that's probably the biggest uh, benefit in my system see now I love these chats that are you know you admitted in um in our email correspondence that you are not an uh, technology specific you know a guest here uh, that, but it's amazing what comes out of these things because I'm going through this list of uh, things that you've mentioned this the prediction of sales um, the lower costs by pooling resources now if I was going in to become an app developer and I had the opportunity to pay for um, a predicted sales stream and also I could pool my resources with other developers so we could go to technical people and get lower costs from producing an app that would be something I would be willing to, to actually invest in and so I think there is some some meat here for potential crossover between uh, your world of you know have owning a franchise or running a franchise and and uh, our world of a digital uh, app creation yeah it sounds like it hey business is business right yeah. Paul they kind of 80 yeah. percent of it's the same no matter what it is that's right and then um, I'm guessing the brand brings in a lot of business as well you know normally normally for me with these standalone locations I'm actually about 70 miles from the nearest um, one like me but you go uh, 120 miles away and there's 20 stores that are the same in a close proximity so yes you do you know you have a move from separate towns and you have the the branding so just like any anything that can work for you or against you if they move from another town with a cruddy uh, franchisee uh, <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> yeah. i'm not trying yeah. there um, but luckily that doesn't happen too often that well that i know of at least <laughs> and, and what type of marketing are they doing on your behalf on our behalf we, we get um we get stock coupons so we have certain companies that all we have to do is put in the price you know we go to their website we put in their price they have it all arranged with the printer and exactly the design and layout that it's going to be and then we just pick exactly what we want and it gets shipped right and and they're oh they're coupons for promotions and do you have any control over the promotions that you're running um semi-control i have price point control i have individual offers unless um there's like one or two pizzas we have every quarter that you have to have on special. They don't control what price point. They give a suggested price point. Um, 
and you can add other specials to it. But that is controlled to a certain extent. Also, you know, we have an ad fund that does certain things. Other markets with more uh, restaurants in it, they they get into TV and billboards and other things like that. Um, And they have actually with the more, uh, when you have over a certain amount of stores in a close proximity, you have to pay a little higher ad fund into like a flack uh, fund. And basically what that is, is it's just, hey, we're closer so we can pool our resources a little more and give you the kick, like the TV and the billboard that you can't get on your own. Well, you could get on your own, but it's just not cost. It's really cost prohibitive. Yeah. And I'm thinking of your your world in, in terms of restaurants. You they uh, The management of the franchise must have a dedicated social media team because that's become incredibly important now in this fast moving world of social media. Do, do you think they have a dedicated team that's responding to people's tweets and Facebook posts? Yeah, and stuff? Yes, we did. We uh, Actually, a couple of years ago, we hired a company and for the life of me, I cannot remember their name. I know the owner's name because I know him on a first name basis. Um, right, okay. But yeah, they, they, it handles Figaro's and uh, both their Twitter and Facebook and uh, Foursquare and you know, and he also works with some franchisees. We're actually going to have him start running our personal pages because um, I just, you know, as much as I say, oh, I'll do it, um, running my own personal thing, uh, not my restaurants, um, their pages is just a little too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too much involved. That's right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, from my experience, uh, the way it, it works now is, is that you go to a restaurant. If you are somewhat disappointed, if a waiter is rude to you or if something happens to you, your my first reaction, and I think this happens to a lot of people, is that they go straight on it and moan on Twitter or Facebook. And I'm seeing this all over the place. And it was the other day, one of these five-star hotels actually responded to me within uh, 20 minutes. And um, they, they, you know, I've, I've kind of went through the complaint that I had. And then it became, you know, like a, a good gesture. And I thought that's what companies need to be on top of, you know, that because... And it's the same for us in the app world. As soon as we get a bug and the, it causes a crash in the app, you know, people go to social media, they they kind of write bad reviews and it's an escalating thing. And if we don't uh, stamp it out as soon as we can, then it can become a real hindrance. And so it's interesting to hear that perspective from you as a restaurant owner. Yeah, and I have those alarms on my phone <laughs> for for my stores right. for that reason because well and yeah whether it's an app or a restaurant or whatever it is social media is great to get the word out and that is great if you're doing a great job <laughs> you screw up it's out very <laughs> yeah. quickly and the worst thing you can do is just go and delete their comments then you got someone to just go up a notch or two <laughs> instead of actually yeah. dealing with the the problem so I had this idea, I'm keen to share it with you because I, I think it, it's going to be something that restaurant owners will have to think about uh, soon. And it's this, that there are in the world people that are very um, quick to complain. They have, you know, they're very quick to go to Twitter. They're very quick to, to complain about, uh, um, you know, a restaurant or, and those complaints are sometimes not warranted. And I thought, how does a restaurant cope with the those complainers, you know, those bad guests in a, in a way? Because they're coming into your um, your restaurant and 
that they are at that stage a guest of your business. And I just wondered if there, there comes a point in time when these these people who are not helpful to your business are somewhat blacklisted or you know, are, are refused entry into an establishment. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, we have – we call it firing the customer um, and that is a – Yes, that's it. And that's a rare occurrence. Um, In 10 years, I've fired three customers. And you know what? Two of them still come in. But (laughs) the polite thing, you know, how I go about it, and I don't know what the correct way to go about it is, but I just say, you know, obviously, we cannot make your pizza right. And I, I wish we could, but we shouldn't get it right. And there's two other pizza places in town that it sounds like they could do a better job for you. And so I need you to go to those other places because I don't want you to complain anymore. I've dealt with you enough. And, you know, you just say it politely. Well, what you find, what I've found out is talking to my competitors because I'm friendly with them because I say competitors, but honestly, I don't view them that way. I, but I'm, I'm of the mentality of the rising tides, all ships raise. And I talk to them, two of them, had already been blacklisted from both places. So <laughs> you, you're right. There's certain personalities that they just want to complain about everything. And I'm, and I'm sure you are as well. A, a legitimate problem I want to fix. I want to fix And I want to do my best to go above and beyond what someone's expecting me to do for them. But someone like that, yeah, sometimes they just need to be fired. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I almost think that, that there could be some uh, way of collecting that information so that uh, so you only found out through conversations with your competitors. Yes, conversations with competitors and because mm. I'm in the locations, but you're right, there's, it, would, it, would, it would actually solve a lot of problems if you could store customer complaints um, in an easy store use that it could pop up or, I don't know, red alert you or whatever when they get to a certain level. Yeah. So they, they complain about your business and you reply saying, oh, this person uh, uh, you know, uh, has the habit of uh, complaining quite regularly and the, the, uh, they're unjustified and, and here's their history. That would be great. If we, and then you could go into an app that um, you could see you know, when these, uh, the, the history of their complaints and if it's unjustified, you could kind of alert other people who may be pulled into the, the, um, those complaints. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's a couple of app ideas for anyone listening. Um, uh, a mobile app that would uh, help Zachariah uh, in his business, um, running his business with all the 30 employees, having some ability to manage uh, the various things on the go, and um, an app that would alert us to um, when a guest is checked in who has a habit of complaining about life in general. Yeah. Hey, I got another app idea, by the way. This is, okay, this is a personal selfish one that I would like to see. <laughs> so I, I am running my another marathon coming up. And you have map, you map my run. You have all these different things to uh, map your run. And you also have different music apps. To my knowledge, there's nothing combined and there's nothing that stops when I stop. Like the music would stop because when I stop running, I'm stopping because I'm checking traffic or I'm stopping because I stopped to talk to someone. And it is a big pain in the butt because I got my big bulky phone on my arm and I'm trying to dig out getting the thing done. So I don't know if that's possible, but hey, 
I would buy that app. <laughs> well, that's a great idea. And so if anyone listening has the chance to um, create an app that uh, would stop the music when you actually stop physically, then um, please do get in touch. Uh, I do actually run with the uh, Nike Plus running app. Have you used that one? I don't use that one. I have different uh, – that's the one that goes in your shoe, correct? Uh, no, it's uh, on your iPhone. You can download the app. It's, uh, I believe, Nike Running uh, or Nike Plus, and um, it's a great running app. Um, you should check it out. Um, but uh, do you think that that actually plays music and stops when you stop? Um, the problem I've got with that particular app is that I have all my music in Spotify, and it looks on my um, iTunes uh, library for music. So I'm hearing all this old music that I haven't bought for years <laughs> and I haven't listened to years. And I, I want to listen to some of the new ones. So that my my you know just an extension of that to anyone listening who wants to build an app, please have a running app that also can stream music from Spotify. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you've given us uh, given us some great ideas. Zach, before we say goodbye, is there anything that you feel that we haven't touched on or anything you wanted to share that's just on your mind at the moment? No, the only thing uh, that I would like to share, and I, maybe this was for the end or, or not, but it's also my email. And Yes, please do, uh, because obviously <laughs> we'd love to reach out to you and uh, pick up on some of these yeah, things. Yeah, any question. Um, what is your email? My email is Zechariah Newman at Gmail. Dot com and like I said, I'll respond to your email. It won't go into a spam filter. <laughs> and any questions you have for me, I would be happy to answer. And hey, if you solve any of my problems, definitely send me an email so I can be a customer of yours. Yeah, and I'll put your link to your um, website and also uh, that email on uh, onemob.com forward slash the app guy. If you just go to onemob.com and click podcast, you'll see um, that uh, Zachariah's episode will be there with all the links. And, you know, I would encourage anybody to, to reach out because you're just a, a great guy to, to talk to. And it doesn't have to be about apps. It sounds like you could take a call on anything from losing our house to having some problems in our personal life or to, to any anything that's on our mind. So uh, I might be I might be coming back to you, Zachariah, in another with another hat. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> my kids are eating my kids are eating too much donut, too many donuts, and it's doing my head in. I would just like them to to have some of my kids' energy. <laughs> oh, yeah, amazing. Um, actually, this morning when I woke up uh, uh, for the first time, I had one of my boys, uh, Jacob, just staring at me as I'm lying, and I'm just slowly waking up, and it, it kind of freaked me out for a second. You know, it's like like the omen kid. That's right. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> great, Zachary. It's been a pleasure. I would love to have you on again, and uh, um, just a great. Thanks very much for spending your time and and, and sharing your wisdom and thoughts on on um, to us on the App Guy podcast. Anytime, Paul. It's been uh, great talking with you, and uh, yeah, it's amazing what technology can do on two sides. Of the world. Yeah, <laughs> great. I'll catch you soon. Hey, have a good one, Paul. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy podcast goes out every Sunday and Thursdays. 